Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. My name is Connor Graham, and as always, I will be your lovely host. Joining me today, we have a very special guest. It's just me and this guy chilling in the studio. We have Zach Atwood. Oh, wow. Thanks, fake people. It's our live studio audience <laughs> well, cheering. They, they cut off real fast. <laughs> yeah, we have like a They're very, trained. Yeah, we. I do the little like conductor like mm, hand thing mm. and, and people <laughs> listen to my authority. <laughs> um, hey, so we have, we're just going to be hanging out. Welcome to yeah. Fun Time with Connor and Zach. Yeah, we're just going to see where this goes. Well, we Hopefully just, it's good places. <laughs> we just talk about all your questions, all your life problems. And hey, we might even throw in some... Romantic relationship Ooh, advice. I am not ready for that because I'm not good at those. <laughs> no, uh, we we have a really great podcast for you guys today. Um, before we dive in, Zach, what give us something new with your life? Oh gosh, I, I'll, um, I'll throw something out there. Zach's dog just got back from prison. <laughs> uh yes, yes. Ralph did some hard time. Actually, well, actually, he was in prison in like human prison. Uh, so he went down to Canyon City uh, Penitentiary. I don't know what it is. It's a jail. It's a hardcore jail um, for four weeks straight for training where he had chronic diarrhea for most of the time. Nice. A virus that is typically seen out of state. So that was fun. Okay. Um, but he also learned how to sit. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you win some, you lose some. And uh, picked him up yesterday and just had had the best time in my life. There you go, man. Yeah. Did he come back with any like tats or anything like that, or a teardrop? Um, or? He had some weird shaves, like into his like new haircut vibes, but no, no tattoos. He didn't. He didn't. He's not that hardcore. You know, he's part of a gang, but like he's not like good enough to like do stuff. <laughs> I love you, Ralph. He's seen some things. Yeah, he's seen stuff, but not like done stuff. That's that's <laughs> awesome. Oh my gosh. Sorry, Ralph. I uh, love you. <laughs> all right, so guys. We are going to jump into a topic. Uh, we are going to talk about what it means to live set apart. Like, And we're going to get really practical here. I think um, on Thursdays, it's really easy for us to sort of paint broad stroke pictures to give you guys the uh, idea of the heart behind like things that God wants for and from our life. Um, but then we really want to give you tangible takeaways. And so, like I said, we haven't done this often, but we're going to kind of piggyback off of the message that was done last Thursday, talking just about how God wants us to be a people set apart. And so I to spare you, if you want all the details, <laughs> go to our YouTube channel, watch the message. Um, but really quickly, we just basically said that from the beginning of time, God has wanted a people set apart for himself. It's part of his plan to draw other people to him. Um, and we we talked about how in the past Christians have ten, tended to do this in very weird and strange ways. And uh, the first way is sort of this like anti-culture slash Christian subculture. Yeah. Um, 
Zach grew up in this quite a <laughs> no, bit. Actually, no. Well, my church was definitely more of that vibe of like us versus them mentality. But like I, I just wasn't a good Christian kid. So I was like, nah, I'm cool. Bye. No, we we talked about how like Christian yeah. subculture a little bit. Um, for those of you who might not be familiar, uh, like kind of back in the 90s and even like early 2000s maybe – to be a Christian and to be set apart was to be like totally anti anything going on in the culture. Um, even to the point where like Christians would make their own like t-shirts and it would oh, be like, they were so cheesy. Yeah. The, we literally have one in the office. It's like, a, it looks like a packet <laughs> of mayonnaise and it says Mayo light shine. <laughs> and then it says like spread the gospel around. It's, it, it's pretty. It's like, we just took the stuff. worst puns we could possibly think of. And we were like, Oh, this is good. This, this will bring <laughs> people to Jesus. Yeah. Somebody's going to see my mayonnaise t-shirt, yeah. give their life to or, Jesus. Right instead of like away. Reese's cups, it says like, what Jesus? I, I don't know. It says something about Jesus, but it has the Reese's logo, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, nobody's gonna be like, oh, I love Reese's, I must love Jesus too. Yeah, and I've never met a person who's been passionate enough about a Reese's cup to buy a normal <laughs> Reese's T-shirt. No, I, I feel like so why? So I don't know. I, the creator of that man, I don't. Poor good, branding. Good for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> But we talked about how like this Christian subculture sort of leads to like legalism, this us versus them mm-hmm. mentality. Um, and we even said like the stereotypical angry college kid that's like marking or marching around and oh, screaming yeah. that everybody needs to repent, holding oh, yeah. signs and stuff. And I feel like I feel like every once in a while we get a glimpse of that. Like when you like I, I gosh, I'm not even on TikTok, but for some reason I see TikToks all the time. They just stalk me. Um but there's like <laughs> even like TikToks of like just the, the the people who go to college campuses and, like, start screaming and, like, repent or die. And then it's, like, somebody who just makes fun of them. And it's, like, that's the TikTok. And, ugh. It's just, yeah, it becomes a really gross picture for, A, that person who is just, like, preaching, who's trying to preach. But it's just not, it's not the loving gospel that, like, Jesus actually wants to declare over those people. But, yeah, it just, it paints a bad picture of our culture where we're at right now. Yeah. And I, I think, too, like, with with, like, this subculture that, this is where the church and Christians have gotten their bad rap. Oh, yeah. Like when we when we talk about like, hey, God wants you, young adult that's listening to this podcast, to live life differently, to be set apart, to live in a way that honors God, that like follows his plan and his purpose for your life. Um, that That's like a very real thing. And I think yeah. like a lot of the pushback that church and Christians get is when we take this and we kind of wield it in a way that God never intended and we get really weird with it. Oh yeah, <laughs> super weird. And but, yeah, either either yeah, then we become like a, an angry group of people or an extremely isolated group of people. Yes, yes. And I think I think that was like sort of the big push about being set apart. Like back when I was a kid, and and even before that was almost like this isolation thing of yeah. like if you're gonna be a faithful follower of Jesus, you can't. Go to like I I don't know I've even heard of churches that like don't let their staff go to restaurants that serve alcohol and it's oh, like yeah. okay so you go to McDonald's <laughs> like I, I can't even think of I feel like even even the more progressive McDonald's probably have some beer now yeah but well, I mean there's like what there's like Taco Bell cantinas or something now that yeah. like serve margaritas so it's like Chipotle's out yeah Quick. so. So I guess we're eating at home every day by ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) Super great way to evangelize. Seriously. So that was like sort of the one way that Christians tried to be set apart or to be different, to live in a way that like honored God. 
And then we realized very quickly that all that led to was a bunch of people wearing socks with sandals. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, I and come why? from the East Coast. That's like a Colorado thing. Like, well, I'm from Colorado, and I don't want to claim that as a Colorado thing. Dude, that's totally a Colorado thing. I know it thing. is, but it, it shouldn't be. It sh- we should be better than that. <laughs> no, you wear like these like wool pattern socks yeah. with like Birkenstocks. Smart wool. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, I know the brand. I don't like myself for knowing this, but yeah, I know it. I don't know why on the East Coast you would get a wedgie for doing that. Here, yeah. it's like totally cool. I don't. Well, again, cool, 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 is subjective. But yeah, we do that, and it makes a. It creates almost like, in a weird sense, like even more of a weird cultural marker for us, <laughs> and not in a good way. It's yeah. the Jesus shirt, the socks, the sandals. Like, guys, we can do better. Yeah, and and like a. Uh, and like a big water bottle for some reason. Yes. With well, stickers I, of all your travels. All right. <laughs> we're done stereotyping. No. Well I, well, I was going to say that's almost like the opposite now, kind of talking about like how your message last week, you talked about like this Christian subculture that's all isolated, us versus them, blah, blah, blah. But then there's the the opposite side of the coin where it's like you see that side of things and you're almost like anti that. So you pendulum in the complete opposite direction of that and you go into like this – I'm going to be like, just like everybody, I'm going to fit in, I'm going to be super cool, I'm going to be trendy, I'm going to know all the things, and then when I get them, like, we're out having a, like, we're at happy hour or something, and they're like, oh, you're a cool guy, and you're like, haha, I'm also a Christian, and like, surprise. surprise. Yeah. I mean, that honestly, <laughs> you saying surprise that time made me just, I, the surprise technique is real, and it's so funny how many of us think, like, that's the most, like, effective yeah. <laughs> way to share our faith. It's like almost just as effective as a Jesus Reese shirt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I want to delve into that in a minute, but I think I just had an epiphany. Why? Is the Christian subculture style the Colorado style? Are they one and the same? No. Well, unfortunately, there's hey, similarities. Christian subculture loves to go on hikes and do devos at the top of mountains. Ugh. That is a very Colorado thing. And they, and they do that everywhere. Darn it. It might be. Colorado Colorado (laughs) might have just adopted 90s Christian subculture and tried to make it our own. Yeah, but we're (laughs) – again, both Colorado and 90s Christians should not be doing that. But no, Zach Zach had a point. So I think (laughs) – I did somewhere in there. Sorry. I I weirdly had this like epiphany. (laughs) I was like, did all the 90s Christians just move to Colorado? (laughs) um, But no, like I think so then – I think we realized, like, hey, that's not what God meant by being set apart or different. But we also saw that that wasn't, like, working to draw other people in. And so we kind of, like, adopted – and I say we – I'm just more talking, like, maybe the greater church vibe at large um, of this, like, I'm in the world but not of the world. Yeah. And that phrase has gotten really, like, thrown around and completely misunderstood. But the idea behind it is basically, like, I'm going to be as – worldly as just like my culture as possible, yeah. like wear the wear the clothes, you know, listen to the music, have the slang, whatever. Um, and then as I relate to people, I will surprise them with my Christianity. That once people know I'm not weird, once people know that I'm not trying to do my own like weird thing, I'm gonna be like, hey, surprise, I'm I'm a Christian. Um yeah. And and I think we are on the tail end of that movement. Yeah. And I think that like young followers of Jesus are sort of figuring out like, okay, what like what is next? Because Mm -hmm. you know the totally like we're gonna run from all things world. Yeah. That that didn't work. We're we're kind of seeing the results of like, hey, we're 
we're cool like you guys, yeah. like, you know, like preachers <laughs> well, and sneakers. And like, I, And I almost just thought like how much, okay, yeah, it's weird obviously to see like somebody who's wearing the, let your, what is the mayo shirt? What is the mayo say? light shine? Mayo dude. light shine. Okay. Yeah. And so, spread okay. it around like the gospel. Uh, that's so COVID. bad. I no, hate I'm it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, so we have like that part of culture and then we have this opposite side of culture of being like, oh, like, let's shut it. Like, let's just pretend we're part of everything. And like, we're under the assumption that like, we're not being weird. But think about it if you're not a Christian and all of a sudden you're sitting across the bar from somebody and then they just tell you that the entire either like six months that you've been building a friendship have been a complete lie because they've been isolating an entire part of their life. You're probably like less inclined to care about Jesus at that point. Cause you're like, Oh sick. So I just became friends with you, probably shared some things with you, or we talked about a lot of things. We have a lot of experiences and fun together, but then you're also, you've been hiding like 80% of your life from me. Yeah, yeah. Like, Oh, that's, that's more weird than a Jesus Reese's shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So hopefully I, and I do think, I do think our culture right now, our Christian culture is like figuring out like, Hey, we don't have to be completely isolated of the world. We don't also have to be completely like aggressively in it to a point where we actually blend in is so much with them. Yeah. But like we're finding hopefully the middle ground of being like, Hey, let's actually figure out what it means to be a Christian in culture and engage in our culture, but also not like be ingrained in the morals and values of the culture. Yeah, and here's here's the why. I think you were saying kind of pre pre podcast we were talking, you know, some some Bible verses. Where does this come from? And it's like what Matthew 5:14 through 16. Yeah. Basically, it, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says that you're the light of the world, you're a city on a hill. You know, you don't cover your light, but mm-hmm. you let it shine. And then then the reason is so he says that that others will come to know God the Father through your works, your deeds, the way you live. Yeah. They'll see your good deeds and they'll glorify not you, but like God. Father in heaven. Yeah, yeah. They'll see that, oh my gosh, there's something different about your life. Yeah. It it kinda is drawing me toward I'm curious about it. Oh, I realize that's God working in your life. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. You it's, know it's the way that you're carrying yourself is it's honestly like your biggest evangelistic tool, period. Yeah. And I think like a lot of us assume that we have to carry ourselves the way that the rest of the culture is carrying themselves. And that's that's where it gets wrong because it's like, yes, we are in this world, but we are called to live differently. It doesn't mean that we have to be completely different than the world, but it means that we, yeah, we get to carry a light that's different. And it's honestly just in my head, I'm like, it's just being a good person <laughs> in your day to day and not changing who you are, not conforming to the culture not also being anti-culture. So it's 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 a hybrid of both in a sense, but like in a healthy fashion on both ends. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why I was just thinking, isn't it funny that like when Christians really try to like dive into like current culture to be like the, I'm, I'm a cool, trendy Christian. Mm-hmm. They, they always go like so much overboard. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, like yeah. you can almost spot this is this is so terrible. None of you probably care about this story at all. But I remember <laughs> one time we went to like a Hillsong conference and everybody was like wearing like the tall t-shirts and the boots oh, and the yeah. tight pants or yes. whatever and we all thought we were so like original unique like but then you walk into a conference of other pastors and you're all dressed the exact oh, same yeah. and you're like you want to know who I don't see wearing all this stuff <laughs> is everybody else outside that is not at this conference. Yes. <laughs> like, but we think we're like so cutting edge and different. Yeah, even we, though... we go like overboard <laughs> into like what the world actually isn't wearing or yeah. doing or thinking or talking about. Well, so. and it's so funny because it's like I, I, I do think we 
we think that by us fitting in culture, we become more evangelistic and we become like we use that as justification to like keep being a part of culture. And I feel like it's almost tricking ourselves to be like, oh, yeah, like I'm I can totally buy XYZ clothing articles because like they're super trendy and cool and people will love it. And maybe it'll spark a conversation and I can tell them about God. And it's like I don't think your clothing or the way that you look or the way that you do certain like I, or I do think it is the way that you do certain things and it's the way that you act it's the way that you engage with them it's their your conversation with them if it's if it's a conversation of light and of joy and compassion versus just talking of worldly topics and topic talking about like the Kardashians all like yeah we all know the Kardashians <laughs> we don't have to talk about them <laughs> but I think it's just the way you carry yourself is going to be more important than the way you look and dress but yeah Hillsong Conference, I do remember that where it was just like everyone's in the trendiest of clothes. We are the same. Oh we yeah, and same. we. Are, but it is ironic that we all think we're different, but we're yes. like all literally in the same H and M, skinny jeans and long tee. Yes. So after you guys have heard us for seventeen minutes vent about <laughs> <laughs> the 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 Christian realm world of in the world, not of the world, different. So here here's the heart of the podcast. Seventeen minutes in, this is what we're trying to get to. We know we're supposed to be set apart. And we know it's not to have some type of moral high ground or to be better than or even just other than for the sake of being other than. It's so that we can live in a way that honors God and draws other people to him. Yeah. I think it's easy to talk about that topic ethereally or hypothetically. Yeah. But like what are some practical ways that we as Christians are supposed to live, act, conduct ourselves in a way that is set apart from the world to draw people to Jesus. Yeah. Not to be set apart just to be set apart or not to be I don't even know if you'd consider this set apart, but not to be so ingrained in the world that you're like, "Hey, surprise, I'm a Christian. Yeah. And my life looks no different than yeah. anybody else's." Like what like what are some ways that we can practically live um to be set apart in a way that draws people to Jesus? Yeah. And I I mean, I think one of the biggest ways is first off, honestly, just like our, our knowledge of God and of the Bible. Like, I mean, obviously the Bible is accessible to so many, well, it's accessible anywhere. <laughs> it's yeah. on a phone. It's an app now. So it's like anyone and everyone, app, yeah, yeah, free. So all of you should have it. But like, I, I mean, it is also, it's not just about us also having access to a Bible because again, everyone now has that, but it's also like actually understanding and knowing God's truth and his word and what that means in context to our day-to-day lives. So it's, yeah, it's not just a like, oh yeah, I have a Bible. (laughs) I know how, I know what some pages are. I know Old Testament, New Testament, because even if you do engage in a conversation with a non-believer, like they know that baseline knowledge. Like they know those things because either they've had friends or family or something. So it's like the difference between a Christian in culture is also not just knowing of the Bible, but knowing the actual Bible itself. Yeah, and I would say not only knowing the Bible, but having it be your authority. Yeah. Like, we live in a world that is so authority adverse. Yeah. Um, nobody gets to tell me what to do. Nobody gets to tell me how to think, especially in thought. Like, oh, we live in a realm um, where the new kind of, like, real estate, the new market equity is, like, thought. Like, if I yeah. can... It sounds kind of George Orwell, nineteen eighty four, but like if I can if I can control your thoughts, I can yeah. control you, you know? Oh yeah. Like in some way. And and as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, like part of our way, the Bible says is to submit our thoughts to God. To yeah. to basically say, here's what I think about this, but what God, what do you think about this? To come under the authority of scripture. 
And that that starts by recognizing that as young adults, if we want to follow Jesus and be set apart from the world, we don't get to define our own truths or yeah. our own thoughts about like right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that oh, yeah. that kind of goes back to the the very original sin from the garden was we you know, it's portrayed in a story of eating an apple, but the the act of rebellion behind it was, hey God, we don't trust what you think is best. Yeah. We're going to take that into our own hands. And it's like the desire to know more, to think that you you need to know more, honestly. Like the desire in our hearts to just think that we know better yeah. than God. <laughs> like, yeah. we no, I got this. It's fine. I'll control it. But yeah, I mean, that, I feel like we're, we are seeing that a lot. And especially even in Christian culture of, of, of taking the thing that God has blessed us with, with the Bible, and almost ignoring it for the sake of living out our own truth. And I mean, and again, like that's almost, we're trying to hybrid the Bible with our current culture where our current culture says like, Oh, just like you, your truth is your truth. Like you're, yeah, no, in order for there to be truth, like you have to have a definitive thing. Like not everyone's truth can be the same because then (laughs) it's not true. Like it's like you, you can't have like black without white. You can't see the context and the contrast between the two just like you can't have everyone have different truths because then nothing is true. So like we have to, as Christians, start rooting ourselves in the Bible and understanding the Bible and knowing the truth that is behind it. Um, And, and here's here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a little salty because this is, I wrote this in all, like I literally in our notes put it in all caps because like we have to read and study the Bible and the salt comes in because like I, I talked to like obviously working in young adults, but even like friends and family and like all just every Christian in my life. A lot of times we talk and it's, it's like, (laughs) oh, I don't have time to study. Like I, it's just hard to like know all the things of the Bible, blah, blah, blah. But then I like. They can tell me a stat from like 1964 World Series that, okay, (laughs) wait, so you've memorized that, but it's hard for you to like sit in and then like listen to a podcast on the Bible or like lit, like even just read your Bible sometimes. Like, and ladies, you're not like guys know all the sports things, but girls, you probably know every bachelor, bachelorette contestant from the last six seasons because I've talked to you about them. And like you can memorize every single bachelor, but still struggle to be like, oh, but like, I don't know what this verse is like all about. Or like, I, I can't remember what God feels about this. It's like, Hey, no, we have time. We have ability. You have the brain capacity. Cause again, you know, all the Kardashian knowledge, you know, all the pop culture, you know, all the sports, we can start dedicating a little bit more of, of our brain space. Kind of like what you're talking about, like thought, like our thought real estate, or even our like knowledge real estate can be dedicated and should be dedicated to us actually understanding, knowing, and exploring the Bible on a different level, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I think you prioritize what's important to you. Yeah. And I think that we we have this idea that like the Bible is just kind of this, you know, we pick our favorite verses, we memorize them, and then we've kind of like done our deed for the day or whatever. But like, man, the Bible is the story of God, yeah. like revealing himself to and through humanity, um, all leading up like this unified story that leads to Jesus. Um, and I think that if you if you have a relationship with Jesus, but you're like, man, I feel like my life isn't set apart in a way that is drawing others to Jesus, it has to start with the Word of God. Yeah. Because that is, you see these patterns all throughout the Bible of what God desires for his people to bless them, to give them peace, to give them security, what, yeah. whatever, 
um, in the midst, midst of a culture that, you know, might not have blessing, might not have peace, might not have security, mm-hmm. so that people look on your life and say, I want a relationship with the God that they serve. Yeah. And, and you'll never get to know that God or the way that he has defined right and wrong, truth and and a lie, like yeah. what, what, you know, like... Until you really start to get to know what he has to say. Oh, totally. And I, I, I just had this thought of like how, what like, and especially like because like you mentioned in the beginning, like we're coming out of this era in the Christian culture where it's like we've tried so hard to become like culture or like fit in, and then surprise, yeah. like we are spending so much time, almost like so much of our brain space, so much of our energy and effort is putting into attempting to fit in. That by the time, even if you do the surprise part, like of your conversation with your coworker or with your friend or with your family member, like you've tried so hard and put so much effort into figuring out how to fit into the world that now all of a sudden, like, okay, surprise, you surprise me. What is Jesus? Like, who is he? What yeah, did he do? Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I've just spent the past like eight months of my life just trying to get you to be my friend. And <laughs> I didn't know you actually wanted to ask about him. Like, yeah, yeah. I was just hoping you'd figure it out on your own. So it's like, you can't expect like these conversations to just like happen. And you're going to like, God, yes, will bless you with wisdom in the moment when you need it. But at the same time, like he's also given you a weapon with biblical, like with the Bible to have biblical authority, to speak that over others so you could actually use that as a tool in those conversations so yeah i yeah i don't know why i was just thinking like there's so many like i had a i had a friend in college who was phenomenal at this like he was the person who his name is pete shout out pete um but like he was he was kind of the guy who like yeah he lived his life like he was in business school with all of us like he had the same classes he would hang out with all of us but like he never lived a life that wasn't of god but he was still himself 110% and we loved who he was. And so I think like we, like he was able to like all of a sudden when those conversations popped up, like he was able to have those conversations of biblical like standing and truth and who God was and what he stood for because this guy, like he didn't try to conform to fit into the world, but he was with everybody, hung out with everybody. And when those conversations popped up, he was biblically strong and ready to go for it. Yeah. So like, yeah, the Bible is a, amazing i mean it is the tool that god has blessed us with to have those conversations so we need to actually start setting ourselves apart by knowing the bible yeah and i think we talked a, a little bit ago just or i kind of threw out this offhand comment also sorry real quick if 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 you hear what sounds like thunder or something behind us that's what the worship band just decided to start practicing <laughs> and that is the drummer drumming his little heart out um, but, I just heard like this rumble and I was like, oh, sweet. Here we go. Um, No, but I I wanted to say uh, I think the biggest battle right now is the battle for like your thoughts. Totally. Um, And the Bible is all about formation, like Mm -hmm. forming not only who you know God to be, which is revealed in Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit, um, but it is to form your thoughts to think like God. The Bible literally says when you become a Christian, you have the mind of yeah. Christ. You have the ability to start thinking God thoughts. Yeah. And I just think it's so ironic in our culture, both in the world and even like within Christianity, so much of the Bible has been like come under fire over the past couple yeah. of years. Like um, I love, I'll talk to so many people that are just like, 
I love Jesus, but I just I just kind of throw away the Old Testament. Yeah. And it's like that's very ironic because <laughs> the Jesus that you claim to love quoted from the Old Testament. His favorite books were actually Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Yeah. Go figure. That's what he quoted from oh, all yeah. the time. And so I I just think that like there's this battle for our mind and I think a place where Christianity is settled or not settled, but there's been a push to be like, you know what? Like we don't need God's word. We just yeah. We just want the person of Jesus. The only problem is Jesus really valued God's word oh, yeah. e- and even specifically the Old Testament. Yeah. And so we say all this just to say, sorry, we've been like, this has been our little soapbox for a minute. <laughs> um, if you want to start living a life that's set apart, not in a way where you're just shunning everything that is quote unquote of the world, whatever that means. And, and, you know, you're not just, like, diving in headfirst to the party scene to try yeah. to be, like, relatable and whatever. <laughs> um, it all starts with kind of having an understanding of God's Word, of yeah. knowing who He is, who Jesus is, and what He wants for not just you in, like, a way of rules or regulations, but f- for humanity. What does God's picture of human flourishing look like? Yeah. Um, and that's and that's in, in His Word. Well, I was going to say, actually, yeah, Romans 12.2. Um, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So it's like literally, I mean, that's literally <laughs> the Bible summarized what we've just been talking about for 15 minutes in one verse. So that's yeah. fine. But honestly, it's like it, it, it's it's taking the world, being in it, but not conforming to it, and then taking like your thoughts, taking everything that you have and renewing your mind by his word, by his way, by his spirit. And that way we can figure out what God wants for us. Cause I also think like, that's the, like we do, we, I think in our heart of hearts, like as Christians, we want to do what God wants us to do. Like we want to align our hearts with his heart, but like that includes us sitting into the Bible and learning it and testing what his will is, what is good, what is acceptable and what is perfect. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. So a, a practical way, for you as a follower of Jesus listening to this podcast, you're like, I want to live a life that's set apart, that draws other people to Jesus. I think the first step is, man, get to know your Bible. Yeah. Find a Bible reading plan. Go to the Bible Project. If 100%. you've hundred percent. If you've ever talked to me in person and I haven't mentioned the Bible Project, I will give you a dollar. It is literally— oh, yeah. Changed. No, I, I'll give you more than a dollar. <laughs> I don't even know what I'll give you, but I'll give you something else. Yeah, it is. It's changed the way I, for all of us that we're like, man, I want to read the Bible, but I just don't know what it's about. They literally have a series called like Reading Scripture, How to oh, yeah. Start Reading Scripture. It'll literally walk you through the best ways to start reading and engaging with your Bible. Maybe yeah. you come up on a book in the Bible, you're like, what is going on here? They have a video in a very easy to understand way that will walk you through. And you'll, you'll watch this five-minute video and be like, oh, my gosh, I totally understand this book and how it fits into the bigger picture yeah. of the story of what God's, like, telling here. Well, and I think that's the big part, too, is, like – and, again, this is why, like, I, I make fun of the girls knowing The Bachelors and the guys knowing the sports things, all the – like, everything is because, like, the Bible pro- – and, and I will – Props up to the Bible Project, um, and you should be listening to it. But like they, they help you understand contextually where certain books fit in, where certain like why is this story important? Why is this verse like why is the structure important even? And those are weapons and tools that like when you do begin to have conversations with people in your life because you're just living like Jesus wants you to, those are the conversations, those are the questions that people in culture are going to come up to you and start asking. 
And rather than you not having an answer for it and just being like, it, just Jesus, like you can actually be like, well, hey, contextually, like this is why this, this and this was said. And and this is why it's in this order, because like God ordained it so that way we could see his character in a different facet. Like it, it gives you like the more and more we research, the more and more we study the Bible, the more and more we're, we're strong in it. Those conversations are going to become 10 times easier and just make like honestly make heaven more crowded, which is ultimately the goal of our plan here on earth. Yeah, to draw people unto yeah. Jesus. And so um, how do you be set apart? Step one, man, get in your Bible and get to know your Bible. Read your Bible. Do something crazy and read an entire book of the Bible in a single day. I know that sounds like a lot, but man, pick, you know, Ephesians, Colossians, whatever, and read it cover yeah. to cover. And and you will be amazed how much more you pick up when you really sit down and engage with with the Bible, yeah. and so you want if you want to be set apart, if you want your life to li- if you want to live your life in a way that honors God and draws people to Jesus, I think it starts and even ends in knowing yeah. your Bible. Well, and 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 I'll so you just gave a tangible one of like reading an entire thing. Um, another tangible that I just recently started picking up is whenever you are studying the Bible too, and I know we're going long, but it's just going to happen. Um, <laughs> but like whenever you are studying the Bible, like in order to gain more knowledge of it and authority uh, of your knowledge of it. Like what I've been doing is I've been printing off three different versions of the Bible. So like I'll, I'll do the NASB, which is like more of a word for word translation. I'll do the NIV, which is like an in-betweener. And then I'll do like new living translation. And then I'll read them like verse by verse by verse by verse. And it helps so much because you do get to see like the word for word is like more of obviously like a literal translation, but then you've got the NIV, which is in the middle, and you've got New Living Translation, which kind of has more of the uh, like overall. Yeah, it's more of like the not 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 like a direct translation, but like um, if there were certain, uh, I'm trying to think of like a, a like a, a colloquial saying that they would have, like liar, liar, pants on fire, or something like that. Like <laughs> if if we were to literally translate that, and we were to think like that was the like word of God, and be like ah, we, pants must be on fire. That makes sense. (laughs) But like, we all know colloquial, like in America, like, oh, liar, liar, pants on fire means, oh, that person's just straight up lying. They're making stuff up. So like the New Living Translation gives a little bit more like floaty, fluffy context to it. And then, yeah. So I I think going through like the Bible like that gives you more authority, gives you more vision for it, gets you you to, to really start to understand your Bible more. Yeah. So pick it up, read it, engage with it. Um, let that be the foundation of how God's building you in your life. And I promise you'll you'll start to live a life set apart that draws people to God when you really start to just live in his word, dwell in yeah. his word. There I think there's there's two other things really quick that we want to practically talk about because we want you guys to to have tangible handles, like to to do this stuff. It's easy for us to be like, hey, go be set apart. And it's like, what the heck does that mean? So so number one, we're like, hey, just get in your Bible, read it, understand it, study it, bibleproject.com. I think I think another way that really kind of is counterculture, but mm-hmm. not in a way that's shunning culture, is to be a person of humility oh, yeah. that seeks in a culture that seeks like fame and influence. Oh yeah. Um we live in a in a world where I think we just had this deep desire to be like discovered or like fa- oh, yeah. uh, famous. I guess like oh, yeah. I, I mean I don't know like literally the the whole point of social media it 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 I think is to share parts of your life, 
But there is yeah. this whole other world that was birthed from it where you can get paid to do absolutely nothing but just take pictures of yourself. Oh, yeah. And and become famous. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's funny because, like, I think we on the surface level will be like, oh, it'd be just so cool to have a job where, like, I just get to travel and, like, that would be, like, the best. But it's like, no, it's low-key because you just want to be known. Like, yeah. ulti- like, that's it. It's not, it's not because you want to go travel the world. It's because you want to get famous and you want to be known by so many people. When, it, honestly, like... It is funny because like, even if you look at Jesus and like the way he taught and the way that he worked through, like the way that he did his thing, like he had no PR agency <laughs> that like managed his events, that managed his sermons when he would go from place to place. Like he didn't have a marketing team. And if anything, like heck, I, I don't know if this was in his intent, and maybe this is heresy. God, I'm sorry if it is, but like when he like when he would perform a miracle and then be like, hey, don't tell anyone. Like it's almost like that's so counter to what we live in now with the social oh, media world. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, hey, oh, you traveled somewhere? Take seven hundred pictures, post it on your Instagram, <sighs> and people will like you for it. Or if you go to a concert and you videotape the whole thing, yeah, nobody's gonna watch it, but like you were there. And yeah, it's just so yeah. funny because like Jesus is like this exact opposite character of like, hey, I just performed a extreme miracle in your life that changed your life forever. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. The complete opposite of just what our society is craving and pushing for us to do today. Yeah, I think that, man, if you want to live a life that really stands out and draws people to Jesus, I think it starts with living in a way that that's humble. Mm-hmm. I think um, there's, I, I'm trying to find it. I can't find it, but it's somewhere. I just read through the book of John, and there's a festival that's about to take place. Um, Jesus is, you know, kind of like contemplating going and his brothers are like, you need to go, you need to like reveal to the world, like who you are, like, this is your time. Every got, everybody's going to be there. And Jesus literally was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to seek out the attention that, that if anybody deserved Jesus. Deserved. Oh yeah. Like the Bible says that Jesus was, he was a servant, um, of all he, he washed his disciples feet, which was like an act of servanthood. Um, and multiple times, over and over and over, Jesus said, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, be a servant, be humble. Oh, yeah. And that that just kind of like goes right into the face of sort of this get known, be discovered, yeah. get the blue check mark, get the share. And, totally. and man, it's even so prevalent within Christian culture. Like if you if you preach a message or I don't know, do anything I, like it, it feels like the greatest form of validation is the repost. Oh, yeah. Where somebody will like post your sermon and you like repost it. Yeah. And it, I don't know. To me, I'm just like, man, I don't know. I think people can see it and they can hear maybe a message and be touched by it. That's great. Mm-hmm. But we just have to ask ourselves, like, is that the driving factor behind oh, yeah. me doing that? Well, you yeah. Know, I was it, like, totally. I was even going to say, like, even even when it comes to like our day to day, and and obviously, like, we work in church world, so it's a little different. Like, we we have like a a different temptation almost of influence and desire like uh, to this kind of element of humility. But like even when it does come to like social media and these other areas where life, we are called to live humbly. We are called to, to almost like cut our desire for this, uh, this aggressive influence if it's not for God's glory. Um, But like my, my comment to a lot of, of people listening and to a lot of young adults even is that, Yes, social media and these other areas that are really pushing more so this desire for influence that like you should be wanting this fame. You should be wanting this. God does call us to live humbly. He does call us to live differently. So like if you struggle with this inner inner desire to 
fight to have influence, to fight to have fame, like I feel like you need to start eliminating temptations in your life that would lead you to a life that's opposite of humility, a life that desires fame. Like, so get off social media, like as small as that is. But Zach. <laughs> I know, how, how can I do that? Like, I, I know that for me, for sure, like this is something I struggle with. I mean, the desire to like be known and to, to be loved by people, like even random people that I've never met, like, oh, that'd be a great <laughs> feeling. I don't know why, but like it is. But like, I knew in my heart of hearts, like I have to get rid of some of my social media because it does nothing good for my heart. And I know that there is that inner desire that is craving it. And this is an outlet that Satan can manipulate to force me to live a life that is not humble. So I think like a tangible element is like, there are areas of your life that like, you know, are eliminating your ability to be humble, but you're scared to live away and apart from them. But like, that is the call to be different. That is the call to be set apart sometimes is denying your flesh, denying what's normal, denying what's culturally like culturally normal to actually live a life that's humble. And that's not everyone. So I'm not going to be like the, the anti-social media man up here, but like, yeah, there are people like, Hey, you just need to delete it. And that will help your humility so much more. And that's going to help you probably your stress and anxiety so much, so much, (laughs) but like, that's going to be also the thing that ultimately does set you apart that people start questioning. Why, why is your life different? Why are you, why are you not anxious? Like everyone else? Why are you at peace? Why are you not striving? Why are you, why are you just happy? (laughs) Yeah. And you can talk about God. Dude, I think, I think a humble soul, like a humble person in our day and age is so going against the grain in a way that honors God. So let just to make this practical, let's say somebody right now is driving to work. Um, and, you know, they've got coworkers, they got a boss, whatever. What would be some practical advice you would give them going into their office of like, how do you live humbly in an office where maybe like not actual fame or influence, maybe, yeah. maybe influence like with your boss, whatever, but like, how do you be humble in a in a normal nine to five workplace? How do you yeah. show humility that could draw people to Jesus? Yeah, well, I think um, hey, great transition into our last point. I feel because I feel like I feel like honestly, like if you were to go into your office, and I think a lot of it is is your relationships with people and how you carry yourself in that and that an element of humility is just the way that you carry yourself in those conversations. Cause I think especially when it comes to like, we could even like, let's do like end of year reports or end of year reviews with your boss. Like a part of your humility isn't like down downplaying if you've had any good sales or good leads or good projects that you've been leader on. But like being humble is taking ownership of things that went wrong or not throwing people under the bus. Even like, I think even that's just a simple way to be humble is just like, admitting fault, admitting mistakes, walking through it, being authentically yourself. But yeah, I, I, I don't think like, uh, I'm trying to think if there, there's more of like that business side. Um, I think too, like when it comes to like, uh, like just a normal work environment, encourage and give credit, yeah. like encourage That's a great. coworker. Totally. Like if they did a good job, like even, you know, like even in our space where we work, like, it can be very competitive. Like if somebody oh, yeah. has a great idea for an event or creates like an incredible graphic or gives a good message, obviously you're like excited for them, but there's a part of you, like the competitive nature of yeah. like, well, now I've got to do better than that. And I think that same goes for kind of whatever sphere you work in. Like there is a level of competition of like rising to the top. Yeah. And I think, man, somebody who walks into an office space trying to be humble like Jesus was humble works hard 
but doesn't feel threatened yeah. to give compliments, to encourage, and to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. And so, man, I think that if you can go into your space and encourage somebody and like compliment and congratulate somebody on, yeah. on hard work that that's so different yeah. than than anything that we normally like encounter in a day that is oh, either yeah. just more and more and more production driven or like this this low key competitive nature yeah. of like you did that well crap now I gotta yeah. do this to make sure that I like am a little higher on the totem pole than you. Totally. Or or even like walking into a project or walking into something with a limited amount of like pride and ego obviously that's the opposite of humility but like we all have those coworkers who walk in and we're like yeah i know everything and i've already done this and i'm better at it than all of you and like that person we we all have that person in our lives we know who they are um but like not like not not maliciously being the opposite of them like out of out of, out of like anger or anything but like honestly just walking into a situation even if with it is with a tough coworker and and being able to lay down your pride lay down your anger lay down your bitterness even and just be like okay like hey show me how you do this like walk me through this show me what you would do show me how this could be done better so honestly even just like asking for advice and and, and genuinely listening to people um and caring for them and and walking walking with graciousness and care first i think would be an easy way to be humble because yeah i think it's easy for us and especially like i mean there are i mean at young adults there are some stupidly smart people that i talk to and i'm like you <laughs> You could run circles around my brain and talk about the most insane things and be smart. Zach, you're flattering me. Come on. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but like there are just like people who are extremely blessed with a gift and a talent. And a lot of you are blessed with a wild talent that God has given you. And being able to walk in that without being prideful is the most amazing thing that somebody who is a non-Christian could see and be like, that guy is the smartest guy or that girl is the most insanely like talented person, but they don't act that way. Yeah. And I think I, I also think like in our heart of hearts, we all do know what humbleness looks like and we know what pride looks like. Yeah. And going back to Romans, I'm, we could say knowing the word of God, he will be able to discern what is good, what is acceptable and what is perfect. So I think jumping back to point number one, knowing your Bible will help you figure out what situation is humble, where, in your heart, you need to find humility. Yeah. So how do you practically walk out being set apart? Now, this isn't everything. We're going to cover probably more of this either on the podcast or at Young Adults in and of itself. But it starts with God's Word, mm -hmm. knowing God's Word, and having it be an authority in your life. Um, I think one way that you can really practically and tangibly practice a life that is set apart to, to draw people to Jesus is walking in humility with with your coworker, with your personal talents and gifts and abilities, walking out with humility in a world that seeks out fame and influence and loves to boast. And the final thing, really quick, we've got like two or three more minutes before we wrap up. I think a real good tangible way is how you manage your relationships. Um, and I think specifically, how do you handle conflict? Yeah, will be a huge marker of a person that is set apart by God to draw people to Jesus. Do you cancel somebody? Yeah. Do you blast them on social media? Do you make an example out of them? Do you talk about them behind their back? Yeah. Or do you talk to them with a posture of ding-ding-ding humility? <laughs> and, and do you work for uh, 
reconciliation, for peace, yeah. for maybe understanding their point of view or a side that you never considered before. I think how we carry out our relationships specifically with yeah. conflict oh. can be a huge indicator and draw for somebody um, that points them to Jesus. Oh, why, totally. Why did you treat me this way when you could have very easily thrown me under the bus? Oh, yeah. why, why did you have grace for me when... <laughs> I actually wronged you. Yeah. Like I was in the wrong and you you came and talked to me and had grace with me. Yeah. What a better way to oh, show the love and kindness of God and be set apart from yeah. how 99% of the rest of people would handle a situation. Yeah. Well, and I think we could even look at like you, you I mean you just mentioned it like could we cancel them or like make an example out of them or could we love them in grace and kindness? And I like that might be one of the greatest examples of living a Christ-like way, like being different and being set apart. Because honestly, the expectation I think nowadays, like, I mean, I think so many people are almost like either paralyzed or terrified to to voice an opinion or to say something because they're afraid of being canceled or they're being afraid of being shut down. And and, and honestly, like losing friends or losing family, like I think we've all had those relationships too where we've experienced that. So the way to live differently and to be set apart would be to walk into a situation first with love and compassion. Um, and honestly, biblically, like Jesus does talk about this, like Matthew 18, like we, we as a church, like we, we talk about this often and we have to sign this almost as like part of like our, our joining of, of staff and is being able to handle conflict in a different way. And Matthew 18 really just breaks it down of saying like, Hey, you go to that person first. Like that's step one in Matthew 18. You go to that person, you talk to them, and you figure out if there's a solution. Yeah. And the step beyond that is you go and you bring somebody else, an, an intermediary almost, of just like another friend or another coworker or somebody that you just trust that has a good wise word or, or can help discern what's going on. And then the third step would be to like bring in the church. And I mean, that gets, <laughs> hopefully you never make it there. Cause like that's super dramatic <laughs> and intense. And, but like, honestly, I, cause I, could you imagine like standing oh on stage gosh. and be like, this person did this. Yeah. Oh, that'd be confused. <laughs> but like, honestly, I feel like God, even in his sovereignty, like has that as our layout for conflict. And he knows that we'll probably really never make it past step two. Like we won't really have to bring it to the church too many times because he knows how like how many fires can be smoldered by just us talking and yeah. like actually having face-to-face conversation and being different and approaching it with love rather than approaching it with a blasting on social media. Because um, one, this is total side, not tangent, but just the thought of like sometimes on social media, we think that because it's on social media and because it's not a person-to-person interaction that it's not like – it almost feels like it's not a real thing that you're doing. So it doesn't feel like you're talking about somebody behind their back or it doesn't feel like you're negating somebody else's opinion or emotion because it's like, oh, it's just a typing. It's just an Instagram. It's just a picture. It's just this. But like it's just as harmful and as impactful as if you said it to their face or if you were saying it even to somebody else behind their back. Like social media has that power to do just as much damage in conflict than anywhere else. So don't don't take it lightly just because you're posting on social and you're disagreeing with somebody. It's still your aggressive disagreement that you're saying even more publicly than if you were to say it in front of a group of friends. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I do think like one more thing kind of on the conflict is just like, I, I think a lot of our culture is used to dealing with conflict of either like a fight or flight method where it's like an aggressive fight. Again, like that can the cancel culture the shut people down or just cut people out. Yeah. And I mean, like we, we see that and like, this is, and I, 
in my heart, like, this is so hurtful. And, like, I know so many people have been damaged by, like, divorce in so many ways because it's, like, society tells us, hey, if it's not working, if the conflict's too big, if it feels too difficult, well, hey, you gave it a try. Just walk away. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, we just have this fight or flight moment when Jesus is in the middle saying, hey, no, let's have a conversation. Yeah. A biblically loving, humble conversation. Yeah. And I think that, listen, these aren't all by any stretch of the imagination ways, all the ways that you live to be set apart. But I do think that we're just beginning this conversation. I think it's time for us as young adults to embrace the call of God on our life, to be different from the world, not not for being different, not because we're afraid of culture or, you know, the big bad world out there, <laughs> but we're called to live in a way that shows people who God is through our life and invites them to get to know yeah. Jesus because of how we are. And so just to summarize real quick before we wrap up, man, how are you supposed to live a life that's set apart? It starts with your Bible. It starts by knowing your Bible, reading your Bible, living with the Bible as your authority, meaning that you trust what it says and you study it and you read it and you just consume it. Um, be humble. If you really want to live a life that is different and set apart and draws people to God, man, live in this world with a level of humility, with your own gifts and talents. Give credit to your coworkers. Be an encourager. Lift other people up besides yourself. And, man, watch what that does to draw people to you, which then you can then point them to God. And then, man, manage your conflict in a way where you work towards reconciliation and peace and understanding. That is that is showing others the grace that Jesus has shown you. Yeah. And I think that if you live in these ways, man, it's just it's not even remotely close to all the things you can do, but it's just very practical ways that you can live in a way that's set apart yeah. that's going to lead other people to Jesus. And so, Zach, before we pray and wrap this up, do you have any <laughs> final thoughts to give us before we before we? <laughs> I mean, fifty minutes. I think I've given a lot of thought. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, I I just think uh, no, I think. Kind of our first point was one of the biggest because that's going to direct pretty much everything else you do. Um, being in the Word, knowing what God's heart is, really studying and knowing who His character is and what He's all about, like that will be the thing that honestly just allows you to be set apart. And it, it, you'll if like you dedicate enough time to knowing God, people will be drawn to it. People will love it. People will see it. They'll ask you, and you'll have an answer. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, can you pray for us as we as we wrap this up? Of course. Dear Lord, Lord, I, I thank you so much for this conversation, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to talk about you, talk about your character, and talk about the ways that, that you call us to live different, the, the ways that you desire us to engage in culture without being ingrained in culture, um, ways to love on people differently than the way society loves on people or, or tells people that they should love other people. And Lord, I thank you for your truth and for everything that you've blessed us with, knowing that your truth is, is reigning, that your truth is strong, that your truth has been through generations and generations of trials and tribulations and has always come out on top. And so, Lord, I pray that we seek you in everything that we do. We study everything that we can about you and about who you are. And Lord, I pray that we just let our light shine so that others may see your good deeds and praise you in heaven. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. If you made it to the end, uh, hey, applause we, for you. I would say at least like we're in, like 
laughing and having fun, you know? Yes, absolutely. They should have. Uh, I hope you made it. And if you didn't, well, they're not here, so shame on them. Hey, if you made it to this point in the podcast, DM the YA Instagram account with with podcast Zach, and we we will give you a five dollar Starbucks gift card. Wow! At at the next Young Adults. This so is what if what if like eight hundred people? Then we're host. We're host. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll just we'll just buy coffee for everybody. Or yeah, something. yeah, but. Hey, thanks so much for listening. On whatever platform you do listen, uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. That really helps us out. And if you know anybody that this podcast would be helpful for, give it a share. Let them know that we're here and, and, and you know share this discussion with them. For all things Red Rocks Young Adults, you can follow us on Instagram. Um, or you can go to our website, rrya.org or redrocksya.com. Reds. RedRocksYoungAdults.com? Well, no, no, RedRocksYA.com. RedRocksYA.com. Sorry, we have two random different handles well, for, yeah. for our for our website. If you go to RYA.org, it already forwards you to RedRocksYA. Okay. So you know. There you go. So go Science. to that, Science. follow us, and then be sure to join <laughs> us on Sundays here at Red Rocks Church, 9 and 11, in person, Littleton Lakewood, Arvada Park Meadows. And come to YA, Thursday night, 7 o'clock, Lakewood Campus. We love you guys, and we will see you again next week. Have a good one. Zach Podcast. Hit us up (laughs) for coffee. Love you guys.